By the way, I was going to tell you before we what? came on. Uh-oh. Yeah, th- oh there are there are there are some weeks that I feel like take so long to go by. Like I feel like you know, because you get busy, I get busy, we don't talk, and I feel like it's been a long time. For some reason, this week I feel like we just recorded. <laughs> like I yeah, like I know what you're saying. I feel I, like we were just we were just doing this. I think I got to tell you, a lot of it feels that way to me. I, I think. I don't know why, but I, 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 the last two years, especially, it feels like every week is just lasting three days. Yeah, like I feel like we were like we had Cat on last week. By the way, huge shout out! I thought she did great. Don't yeah. you? Yeah, she did a great job. That was a lot of fun. Cat's awesome on camera. Yeah, and people love that story about being shut down or almost shut down by the by the fire marshal. But yeah, but yeah, I feel, I feel like we were just on the air. I feel like we were just talking to her. So. It's moving fast, man. It is moving fast. I mean, we're almost, I mean, this year's almost done. I know. You know, there's an old saying in parenthood. You've probably heard this before. And and most people out there listening with kids have probably heard this before. The nights are long, but the years are short. And it's so, so true. Or the days are long, the years are short. You yeah. Know, because, because when the kids are young and they're, they're, you know, dependent upon you, the days are long. I mean, there's very little sleep. So the days seem super long. But the years do go by so fast. Like my kids, my son's about to turn 21 and my daughter's already turned 18. I'm telling you, it just flies by, dude. It flies by. That's crazy. Look yeah. at you. 21 and 18. That's trouble. I know. I know. Where, yeah, and where's your son? They're doing all right, though. He's he's up uh, he's up in North Carolina. He's he's up in uh, just north of Charlotte, up in like the Thomasville area. Okay. Well, what's he doing? Um, he is working. Well, he was working for Lowe's. So he's trying to, he's actually trying to get his, his, uh, truck driver's license. Okay. Cause I think he wants to actually transport for Lowe's. Like he was working in Charleston, just like in the, you know, back in the, they, they call it the bullpen mm-hmm. where you, un, where you lo- unload all the trucks and everything like that. But I think he actually wants to drive one of the trucks. So he's trying to get the CDL license and wow. actually drive. Yeah. The truck, you know, the truck drivers actually nowadays. They uh they make pretty good money. There, there's a there's a huge yes. demand and a huge need, as we all know from traveling, driving up down the road. A Trust me, we truck. Michael Kane, Ghostfinger, and I looked into it. <laughs> How much money they make? Yeah, and I mean, it, if you don't mind being on the road and you don't have you know kids that you need to raise, I mean, even yeah. with kids, I mean, I, I I've known a couple of truck drivers who even with kids they leave Monday. Like there's a guy here in in, uh, in Charleston who I know, and uh, his son and Derek used to play basketball together. And so he would miss most of the events during the week, but his but his haul was from here to Oklahoma City. So he'd basically leave out every Monday, head out to Oklahoma City, and then be back by Thursday. So he he and then he'd be off for the weekend. Yeah, it's a grind. It's not as I mean, doing it. I did it for two years with the ACL. I mean, we went how many times back and forth across the country and having to do it yeah. kind of illegally, you know, where you're ripping 15 hours at a time, not eight to ten. Um, it's not, it's, you get to see the country in a way that no one else gets to see it. And that's pretty cool. Cause you actually get to see it. You're not flying over it. You actually see it mile by mile, but let's face it. There are parts of this country that aren't just, they're just not that special <laughs> to drive through. They're just, there's not, you know, there it is just well, ripping through Oklahoma I was gonna say. <laughs> and, and Western Texas, as much as I oh love the state of Texas and I love our events down there a whole now when you're out in Western long, Texas, you long. don't, you don't ever think you're getting out of that state. <laughs> we almost, we almost died one time driving through West Texas. A, 
a big windstorm just, you know, out in West Texas, they just come up, you know, the winds come off the Rockies and they just, there's nothing to stop them. Right. Yeah. We're in that, uh, in, in the, uh, in whatever the truck we have now, one of the two that we have now, we're going gust of wind, probably 50, 60 miles an hour hits us broadside. Oh man. And it moved the truck. I mean, there was nothing I could do. I was actually driving it. It was at night. It moved the truck all the way to the edge of the concrete. And then it kind of let go. We were able to come back, but I mean, there was no, oh I mean, if, if it wanted to keep blowing, there, it was, there was nothing stopping it because it had complete control. But I mean, and that's a massive full truck. I don't know how much tonnage that is that when the wind popped yeah. up, just right across. So yeah, it's, that was, that was a huge, that was a huge box truck. You guys were driving. Still got them. We still got yep. two. We've got two of them now. And that's why Mike and I were like, huh, they're paying us. What? And what do truck drivers get paid? Even the, even the non CDL licensed guys get paid. What? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they make pretty good money. <laughs> they they make they make really good money, actually. That's, that's but funny. but I mean, you are away. I mean, you are away from home. Yeah, it's ironic you bring that up because um, since we're moving, um, and you got, I'm sure you and Julie be doing the same thing. So Kathy and I have been going through all kinds of stuff, right? So so Kathy opens up a box, and I actually I, actually, I should have brought one to to hold up, but um, she found a newspaper from May. I think it was May 21st of 2020 um, here in Charleston, the post and courier hmm. and the sports page. This is how slow the, the sports world was. This, the, the front page is a picture of, of uh, Trey and I doing a broadcast and nice. it's a, and it's a big, Thank great you. article about, about uh, cornhole during COVID. But, uh, but it was, man, I mean, it was a strange time. Like it just got me. I was just looking at it and just kind of shaking my hand and remembering I mean, May of 2020, we were right in the thick of everything. Like, so many questions, road. so many uncertainties. You guys are on the road. You guys are literally driving across the country. Michael, Michael Kane and I pandemic. risked our lives because no one really knew. And we were, I mean, every state was different. Yeah. So you'd go from New Mexico into Arizona and the laws are completely different. So getting out and what you had to do to go get, get everything changed by state that you went to. So it was, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy, crazy time. And like, remember seeing Vegas and Vegas looked like a, just a hurt old person. I'll never forget it. It was there the first no time I'd people, ever been there. There were no people anywhere on the streets. Yeah. It was, you know, and then they had the riot, which was even crazier than like, so they had oh, that yeah. going on. Like it was, <clears throat> it was nuts. It was a different time. And it's only a couple of years ago. I know. It seems like it was so much longer. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, speak, speaking of uh, risking, you know, our lives. And, and I don't, I don't feel like I was risking my life no. doing it, but, but, no. uh, but that was, that was, I mean, the two question when Tom Cavanaugh called me from ESPN to see if I was interested in doing that summer COVID tour, basically um, the two questions were, you know, do you want to broadcast cornhole? And secondly, are you willing to travel? Yeah. Because no one was traveling. I mean, everyone was shut down. So I mean, even I when like, the plan- I was like, yeah, let's do it. Remember the planes? You had to have seats in between. Wouldn't that be nice now? Well, not an American, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my flight, it, it was so funny because here we are in the middle of the pandemic. I fly from Charleston to Dallas. The, the airport in Charleston is, is a ghost town. And the, the airplane from Charleston to, to Dallas was not real full. I get to the Dallas airport. It's a ghost town. But yet I get an email from American wanting to know if I'd be willing to change my flight, you know, for $250 cuz the plane's full. Full. I'm like, "What the hell?" Sure enough, our plane from Dallas to Houston was just packed. Dallas to Houston. Packed. Yeah, yeah, I got every time I fly, I got it. I got That had to be a small plane. Flight. 
Yeah, it was like a commuter. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a hundred passenger, hundred and fifty passenger jet. Huh. Yeah. It yeah was that's it. I got, I got video of it. It was strange. And we also we are also the plane was quiet, right? I mean, it was deathly quiet because no one wanted to breathe. No one dared <laughs> cough. Right. Yeah. Everyone had the masks on. No one's talking to each other. It was crazy, yeah. man. It was weird. And you know, don't you remember flying before that to where there were always seats available on flights? And ever since the pandemic, every flight I've been on, chock full, completely yeah. slammed. What is that all about? That's strange to me. Uh, As, our I, airport in Charleston, there, there's been several articles in the paper about it. Our airport, and I'm sure, and you know what, Charlotte might be the same, but maybe, maybe even Atlanta is. But we are now, we are now, um, the numbers at the Charleston airport anyway are higher than pre pandemic numbers. Yeah. So the airport, the airport's busier than it's ever been now. Same, it's here here in Atlanta because Atlanta took back over the busiest airport in the world thing from some airport in China, apparently, and that's happened in the last year post pandemic. Once everyone started flying again, yeah. obviously Atlanta like took over that that moniker of busiest airport on the planet, yeah. which it is. By the way, it's crazy in there. Yep. I do like the way they do that airport, though. I, I, I it works. It's, it's a it's a zoo, but I I can it always works. I always feel like I can get from one place to another uh, easily. O'Hare, Chicago O'Hare, for some reason it just confuses the shit out of me. I, not so I, much that, that airport. Yeah. yeah, I feel bad. I my parents had to go through there, and it was. I'm not a big fan of DFW. I'm not a big fan of Dallas Fort Worth. Either. It's a little confusing too. Yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, speaking of airports, Charlotte, Charlotte. Last I knew, Charlotte was like the fifth or sixth busiest airport in the world because it's an American hub. Yeah, I, I mean, you got yeah. it's American second biggest hub outside of Chicago. So, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, like growing up, like you might get like a prop plane to Kinston. <laughs> you know, like I mean, right. it was you still you could still get places, but as far as being a truly international airport, I wouldn't really have called it that. But now it's. Yeah, it's one of the busiest in the world. It's bizarre. Speaking of travel, we got some serious travel coming up here in a couple months. Not so much here at the end it of the month. Starts. It starts. It finally begins. To, uh, Myrtle Beach. But so, all right. So, real quick, before we get to our guest, um, he's going to join us here in a few minutes. Um, it, this is going to be fun. I, 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 I'm really looking forward to having this guy on with us yeah. today, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, so just an easy drive for me um, up, to, up to Myrtle Beach. But all right. So, teams. Uh, a lot of talk about teams this week, I guess, uh, on around the ACL and ACL Live. So, how's how's it looking? Is, that, is people getting excited about this? I mean, the draft is going to be. I think the draft is going to be so different, and I think actually, last year for us, you know, it was kind of obviously the first time we were doing something like that. wasn't as easy. I mean, it was a lot of time on air, yeah. and then you know, getting into names and people that we really weren't as familiar with. And I think the way they're doing it this time is a little different. I think it's going to go better. I think having uh, Anthony there and Michelle to kind of help. Co I mean, I think for us, it's actually going to be a lot better. I think people are excited about it now with the threes, with the captains and the assistant captains and yeah. essentially a team manager and, and one of the directors essentially being a general manager for the team. I think, right. I think all of that, I think all of that's going to help. I, think I really see, like the I really like the regionality. Is that yeah. a word? I really yeah, like I the regionality. Getting, I was getting ready to say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you've got some people like some people are playing out of their region as captains. I believe Tony Smith's one, for example, that's out of his region technically as a captain. But I still think you're right. I think we're going to see regionalized teams. Now, I don't know so much about Vegas and some of the Western teams because you just don't have the depth of players in those regions. Mm -hmm. But especially on the East Coast, I think you're going to see very very regionalized teams. Yeah. 
I I love it. Well, and even even if you're even if you're not like let's let's say you're playing for the the Chicago Land team, right? Yeah. Even if you're, even if you're not from there, when you're signed by them or when, sure. you're signed, when you're drafted by them, you're going to have some pride playing for that. So much better, with all due respect, so much better than playing for the damn woodpeckers, right, or the squirrels, <laughs> or the 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 log jammers, or whatever. I mean, that, 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 that just that just that you didn't just, like the names it, either. No, it just didn't. It just it, it, I, I I loved the team concept that I loved the the names and the allegiance. It just it just didn't do anything for me. I'm with you. The names. So I awesome. love this. The fact that there's a Vegas team, a Carolina team, Florida, Texas, yeah. Chicago. I mean, all the uh, to me now. Now we got some with bite. I, I love yep. it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a busy couple of days for us again. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, that draft is going to be an all day. I mean, that, that's that's going to be interesting. And a whole. I think we've got a desk. Right? Did I hear that right? We're, we're behind a desk this time. Oh, was that right? I think. Oh, no that's right. I think I remember you. I think I remember you saying that to me. Yeah. No, no, no none of us just sitting on this old red couch. Are you? What are you going <laughs> to wear, by the way? Yeah, I guess we should talk about that. I don't know. I guess we'll have to discuss it. I mean, I, I don't think, know. I think, I think. I think we should dress up a little bit. Like so. So I'm buying a uh, for a holiday party. I'm buying like a uh, deep red blazer. Like a like a red corduroy blazer, and I'm going to huh. wear a green tie. I might even wear it for for a basketball game. You should do that because one of the guys who I do basketball games with, he's Jewish, so he's going to wear. He wants me to wear my red one with a green tie, and he's going to wear, wear blue. blue. One. Yeah. yeah, so we can celebrate celebrate uh, the holidays. You wear you, you wear want, a jacket. You well, the I thing is, we, we got Michelle with us. We got Michelle with us, and we have to get her to dress up. I I don't think we need to dress up formal, although although maybe down the road, I mean, a jacket and tie is is you know. Not I think formal, maybe like I think maybe like what we wore for the Stevie Awards. Maybe just maybe just a jacket. Pants I will probably jacket. wear the exact same thing then. <laughs> I like that. You look yeah. good. You had, you had the, you had the uh, cuffs. You had the cuffs going. Yeah. Well, this time I'll remember <laughs> my cufflinks. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm yeah. down. Let's do it. I think we should. I think we should dress up just about. I like that look. I, I like I'm, to. I like to when I'm Trey and I it. wore that for the for the ACL Pro Shootout series when it was on CBS. Your oh, the jacket. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we wore the jacket. Yeah. I was I like a nice look. I, I'm down. Let's yeah, do we'll it. Get back to it. All right, All we'll get, I'll get Michelle on the horn, and we'll uh, make sure she puts on something, you know, a little dress here. Yeah, we'll do a little conference call with her and see what she wants yeah. to do. <laughs> you think we can get Anthony to wear a jacket? I mean, we could get everybody <laughs> to do it. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're all going to want to, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Because right, we'll because they're not really, they don't if they don't have to. Most people don't want to. You know what I mean? Whereas I, I'm down with you. I, I would. Uh, <laughs> Nate, Nate's hitting us up on 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 the mess on the uh, on the chat. Have you seen this? Uh, I didn't even know we had his chat on. Here. Yeah, we've, yeah we've, we've got a chat. He's hitting us up. <laughs> He's probably bored. Nate, like, I can't. I can't talk. Already? I can't talk and type at the same time, buddy. So you're gonna have to hear it from from here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get to our guest since we've already kind of given away a little bit but our yeah. guest this week is an acl pro off to a terrific start this season we'll talk about that and uh, not only is he an acl pro he is is one of my favorite personalities in the sport 
Um, I didn't get a chance to meet this guy and, to, and really get a chance to know him until he actually gave me some throwing lessons. I think we were in Texas down in Fort Worth last year when I actually really got a chance to spend some time with him during the shootout. He is a terrific guy, great personality, passionate about the sport. And on top of all that, he's just a terrific human being. He, he is actually an eighth grade school teacher. We've talked about him before on the broadcast at San Joaquin Elementary in Stockton, California. Please welcome to Borderline ACL Pro, Nate Boyer. What's up, Nate? Hey. What's up, right. guys? How are you guys Rep doing this morning? Representing <laughs> California. I think yeah. it's our first. Well, we had, I guess we had Misha on a couple times, and she's from out in California, but first mm -hmm. ACL Pro from out in California. Well, I, with that introduction, I thought the show should be over by now. You don't want to want to ruin that. That was a great yeah. introduction, man. That's, that's I, th I think it wasn't it Fort Worth because I didn't get a chance to know you. I don't think too much during COVID. I'm not even sure how much you were playing. But then last year, I really got a chance to. I loved hanging out with you in in Fort Worth. I think that's when we really got a chance to. to yeah, meet. I think we got some FaceTime there. We got to go to Board One and get Trey and you on the boards and uh, <laughs> on that form. It was looking good. Yeah. Well, you know what? That was probably the beginning and the end of my cornhole career because I, I don't think I've ever played better. And, and it was not good, but I don't think I've ever played better than I played that one day when you were trying to give me a few lessons. I've sucked ever since then. I'm probably even worse now. <laughs> well, I, I think I'll see you on tour again. We can get lesson number two in. That'd be all right. So so, ser so seriously, Nate, what, what, what was he doing? Because he won't stop doing it. Once you tell him to do it, what was he doing that you were trying to fix? You know, I, I everything. I honestly can't recall. There's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a few things I think, and that we could uh, focus on. We would just take one at a time. I think is a, a smart strategy. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think Jeff will agree with me on this. How hard is it to throw a flat bag? I can't do it. Uh, can't do it. On it. <laughs> can't do it. I've tried. Can't do it. I'm there's starting always to think. a tilt on mine. I was I, I just had this conversation at a party the other night because of course anytime I go to a party everyone starts talking about cornhole and I, I love it it's fun and uh, and and I, I said you know I, I'm not even sure I want to play anymore because I'm starting to think that y'all just have like a natural ability to do it like and and I think it's like pitching back when I was in the minor leagues there was a kid his name was Omar Obando he was about five ten Nate I mean five ten maybe man. maybe one fifty right. And we called him Omar Omai Obando because this kid from Central America could throw 92, 93. That single A, that's that's zipping it in there pretty good. But there's no reason that this skinny little kid at 5'10", 150 should be throwing a 90-plus mile-an-hour fastball. But he just had this God-given ability, just this whip in his arm to do it. And I'm starting to think that maybe it's the same because I can't freaking do it. And you guys just make it look so damn easy. I mean, how much practice does it? Did, did Could you always do it or did you have to practice to learn it? Well, that sounds like mechanics more than like arm strength or something like that. But, um, sure. um, you know, I think I think a lot of the top players start off with, you know, with a good throw and then yeah. it, it just is improved with repetition uh, practicing, you know, by yourself, but as well as uh, getting game time practice. I think that's in any sport, you know, the more game time practice you get, that's where you're able to improve your uh craft i had an opportunity to be on uh, cornhole network uh they did i did we did a video not too long ago talking about uh, my throw and i feel like i'm just like your like an average i felt like it was a great way just to show the average person how to how to throw a bag and uh, i i like to teach my eighth graders you know just starting off really close to the board 
you know, only about three to five feet and just practice the, you know, the arm motion with the, with the flip of the wrist and getting that bag flat at a close distance. And then, you know, you work yourself to a greater distance. And I think, uh, it translates if, you know, if you can do that, I got kids actually throwing pretty good in my classroom and it's <sighs> fun. All right, Nate, I, I have to ask, my mother has a PhD in mathematical education, taught okay. teachers forever. All right. She's right now asking the question when she watches this, okay. how do you get the time off? You're an eighth grade teacher. When we start next season in nationals and shootouts, that's a lot of time away. How, how do you, do you have the greatest uh, school ever to be a part of that they let you that they let you away that often? Well, that's actually a, a really good question because um, this is only my second year back into the classroom. Last year I taught sixth grade, uh, and I you know I think Jeff remembers that when I was on Super Hole we talked gave a yeah. shout out to my kids and <laughs> they still love that. But um, you know I'm I'm an eighth grade self contained. That means I teach all subjects. I teach science, math, reading. Um, you know, I also teach, uh, ELD, which is English for second language students. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a blast. But, um, I had to, I was an administrator for eight years and I actually went back to the classroom so that I could pursue being a cornhole player because it was easier to get time off as a teacher than it sure. was as a school administrator. And actually this Thanksgiving, uh, the superintendent of my school district asked me to go back into administration. I told her, I told her no, um, just because, you know, I got a young, uh, a young child as well who's in sports and I get out of school a little bit earlier and it's my current administrator understands what I'm doing. I don't really, I don't really take days off right. anyways. So it kind of just, and, and I, I can really can, contain these eighth grade students, which is a challenge in Southside Stockton. So I think he understands uh, the rapport that I've built with my kids that, um, it, you know, having been gone, a f you know, a few Fridays here or there, um, you know, I'll just go to a different school if uh, and work at a different school if it, they don't appreciate me that way. So it's been yeah. working out and they liked some of the, the, the newscasts that have come to my school. Local news have been it done morning shows in my classroom, live broadcasts, because I have a live cornhole court uh, in the front of my classroom and I use it to teach uh, geometry. I usually teach mathematics <laughs> and science with uh, inertia. Sure. And, uh, a lot of different things that are real world and, and, and fun. You know, I try, you got to make it uh, engaging and fun for eighth graders. Otherwise, you know, eighth graders can be pretty, uh, pretty brutal. So, so you were actually in your classroom right now, right? This is, this is middle, yeah, middle of the day classroom, for you. Yeah. This is my classroom. Yeah. Um, my whole back wall, um, about, about 40 feet is what I call my, or whatever wall. And I let kids put whatever they want on my classroom wall because I want our classroom to be ours. And so a section of my part of the classroom demonstrating was, you know, some of my jerseys and, you know, they get to see, you know, you know, I got Kyle Van Noy's signature on my uh, Super Bowl jersey right here. And they're like, you know, and some of them are Chargers fans down. He's a linebacker there for them. And, you know, trying to make connections to things that they like as well. And and, and in turn, you know, I had to put actually a Lakers banner up. And I hate the Lakers. I actually hate the Lakers. But I put it up just because, you know, one of my, one of my kids like them. So um, I try to make this classroom just uh, 
good vibes. And um, it's been translating to a very fun year in the classroom. It's it's my real joy. This brings me way more joy than even cornhole. I, I just love teaching. It's 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 a blast. I mean, that's a that makes you kind of a special person that you're willing to give up your lot. I mean, your time and your effort and to, to, you know, kind of molding young minds. But how do you feel cornhole plays into that? Because, I mean, let's face it, Stockton has some rougher areas. Are you finding those kids kind of gravitating toward it now that you're kind of, I wouldn't say pushing it on them, but they, but they seem, I've, I've watched some of your videos from your classroom. They seem to love it. Is it something that they, that you feel like they can kind of gravitate toward instead of some of the more negative things that they can find once they leave the campus? So initially I just put banners up and they're just like, what the heck is all this stuff, you know? And, and they see cornhole boards up and, and, you know, I've got these just random things that I've collected and boards and, you know, whatever. And in the beginning, I didn't push anything on them, except the only thing that I would do is I always have my door open at the beginning of the school day. Even when I'm planning, I let, I let kids come in and, you know, it's an opportunity to connect with students and uh, catch them on a real level. And so, you know, sometimes I might be warming up. I was like, come on in, guys, you know, sit down, whatever, do whatever you want. And I might be throwing some bags and, you know, all it takes is one kid to say, can I try it? And then and then more kids are trying it. And then they're yeah. like, what's this about? And I think the first thing uh, I had one of my pretty influential students in my class say, hey, Mr. Voyer, I Googled you. And I said, <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, I said, was it was it a good thing? I mean, what'd you find? And, uh, you know, they found some different clinic type videos. They found the Super Bowl video playing with Sarah Cass against Sarah Cassidy and. And they're like, you're like famous, right? And I said, well, maybe infamous, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and I let them just pursue those questions. And then now that they're really into it and they follow me, they check my standings. To, they, they click on tournaments to, and check brackets to see. I'm like, they get, some of them are get really into it and following me in it. And I just use it as a platform to say, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still have small and big goals for yourself, whether it's in work or in life. And, you know, you can pursue them. It doesn't matter if you're 12 or 13 in eighth grade class or, you know, as old as I am, you know, so um, I, I just try to use it as an example. Well, Nate, speaking of standings, I'm glad you said that because Bernie and I were looking at this before you came on. So I'm looking at the open standings and as busy as you are, I'm showing right now that you are, by the way, Shout out to uh, the West Coast. It looks like there are three California players right now in the top 11 uh, open standings. But, uh, yeah, you're just outside the top 10 at number 11, but you're only about 150 points behind Ryan Wiedenfeld. So um, how are you doing this? I mean, how, how do you, like, kind of, kind of to Bernie's point, like, I mean, how, how far do you want to take this? How serious are you with this? I mean, because you're off to a great start in the standings. You know, I, it's, I, I had a great conference, and, the West Coast had were one of the first um, conferences uh, to have their conference tournament. I think that's why it's heavy in that in the standings that way right now. Um, believe me, I'll take it. But um, I, <laughs> I, got, I won. There was two singles brackets. There was, um, and I won one of them. Um, and Hunter Thorne won the other one. Uh, Hunter Thorne edged out Vincent Fresh. I edged out uh, Moses Azueta, 21-17. 21-17. And uh, I played Hunter Thorne for the overall singles. 
and I, I got waxed by Hunter. He shot so great. I was, I was so thrilled to have won my bracket, but you know, I think, um, you know, I just played really well. And last season, my conference events were really terrible. And I think, you know, every year we talk about the West, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a stepchild, like, like out here, we're way out here, you know, people don't know us, but every year there's new players coming up and, you know, we're talking about Vince fresh now, but even in our last regional in Sacramento, you know, we got like eight pros in that regional, but there was this guy who plays in Stockton with me. Um, uh, his name is Vichet. No one knows who he is, right? He comes up and plays regional last last month as a competitive player and gets first, right? And I challenge him. I said, why don't you play advanced, man? I'm like, yeah, all right. He's only been playing eight months. He gets second place overall in the regional singles just behind Vince and beat a lot of the pros and a lot of the top players. And that's what I'm talking about, about West Coast. You know, once you hear about a new player, that player is already top and we got new ones coming up. And I think right. that shows what the West is doing. Um, we got great weather and a ton of people that live here. It's only gonna um, gonna continue to be that way. I, I believe. Well, how do you, long, do you feel like the, well, sorry, 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 Bernie, just real quick. Do you feel like the sport is truly going to continue to take off here, Nate? I mean, are you feeling that? Like, like you know, the the sport has grown so much so fast, and all the national attention, all the national TV broadcasts. Like, can it really? Can it really get bigger? Is it really growing that fast? One hundred percent. You think about these players that have. Uh, longevity, you know, I think of the guys who have been playing for 11 years or 12 years, you know, I think of Tanner Halpert and some other players that, you know, they've been in the game a long time. Um, I've only been playing four years. And to me, that sounds like a long time. And in our area, that is a long time. But there are new people playing the game, picking up bags for the first time that are good right out the gate. And I only see it but skyrocketing and getting in in popularity and people playing it out west just because of naturally with weather and 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 being able to play outside a lot and um as well as the amount of, of people playing and younger more younger and younger people are playing I, I think as well and once you get you know you get that seventh and eighth grade age and high school age players it you get this influx of them and their parents playing and i think it's just going to continue to skyrocket i i honestly believe i i'm seeing that as leagues flourish right now last when we started our league port city baggers in Stockton three years ago you could only play on tuesday nights now you can play every night of the week and you have multiple options in my area and you did not see that and you know that that's a testament to to what the game is doing what the acl is doing uh on a broad you know scale and it's just and when you start seeing it on espn I mean, get to hang out with Trey and Jeff on on ESPN. I mean, you're 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 an average guy just thinking you can or or, or gal that wants to throw some bags and you can be on TV. What? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's cool. So how trust, how, trust how far? Me, ask anyone in my family. It's not yeah. that great. How how far <laughs> behind would you say the West Co the West Conference is? Just for just I mean, obviously Hunter can play with anybody. Moses can play with, but. You know, as far as the depth of talent goes, how far behind? It's a two-part question. How far behind do you think the West Coast, is, the West Conference, is from, say, the Southeast or some of the other monster conferences that we have? And second part, 
Have you talked to some of your students and said, look, look at a, a kid like Alex Hicks. Look at some of the other young players that we have that are essentially your eight eighth graders that are, you know, making a name for themselves in the sport. You don't have to be older. You can take this, you can pick this up right now. Have you found that any of them are game for that? But then the first part of the question, how far behind do you think the Western Conference is as far as getting that depth of talent to where it can stack up, say, 10 deep with some of the other conferences? Well, I, I th it's, it's a hard question because you can have the depth here in California, but you have to have people willing to travel. Right. And yeah. I, I, I do think we have the depth. But right now, I think a lot of people out here there's a lot of really good players that that don't put in um you got to really put in work and travel to to make a name for yourself to get recognized to have people know who you are you got to play in some opens you got to go out of state you got to you know if you're in northern california you got to travel 5 hours and go down south and play in socal you got to right. go play against you know hunter thorn and nick williams and andrew labrador and tyler you know, parent and Brevin Valdivia, you've got to go down there. And if you're down there, you got to come up and play some pros up here. Otherwise you won't even be recognized in our own state. It's just so big. Right. And I, I just think, I think the depth um, on a big scale, it's hard to see that because you just got really good players that just don't go play. They don't see. They don't. They haven't seen, hey, you can make it. I've, I've played against a ton of players here in California that, hey, you could make it. If you just follow this system of getting local points, getting some regional points, do some opens. Um, and we're starting to – this is the first year that I've seen a lot more players going after the points race and open standings. And I and I, I think, you know, you see some players on that list that are probably maybe in that top, you know, category that you were reading off that you might not even know. And I think um, – you're going to start seeing more California players travel and it helped having an ACL open earlier this season than last, last year. It was the very last yeah. ACL open. I think the ACL is doing a great job about spreading out those opens and not just moving East to West like they've done in previous years. So right. I you know I appreciate that. Um, but you know, I, you just got to get out and play. And, and to answer your question about like eighth graders in my class, yeah it's expensive to travel sure. and I've told some of my kids, Hey, if you're interested, I could probably get you a sponsor. I could probably get you going. Um, but you know, it's, it's just fun and a way to connect at this point in my classroom. So no one, no, no light bulb has gone off yet with one of those kids. Like, Oh my God, I can make some money. <laughs> yeah. I, I can, <laughs> I can make this happen. No, not, not quite yet. Uh, right now we use it as opportunities. I'll, I'll do a random draw to get out of, like a, get a homework pass or, you know, to get their own free seating assignment in the classroom. They, they're all nice. about that. You know, if you make a, <laughs> you make one airmail out of four bags, I'll let you sit where you want for this trimester. And it's like, that's wow. like, like, that's, that's big. Like yeah, that's, that's big. big. <laughs> hey, Nate, uh, not to switch gears here, but I, I really wanted to ask you because we we've touched on this before on the show, just, just the, the mind game, right. That goes on when you guys are playing. Because I, I feel like cornhole is so much like golf, right? And like tennis or like bowling, uh, where it's just you, right? I mean, it's just you. Yeah, you can play doubles, but most of the time, it's just you. Like, what goes through your... You're such a positive person. You just have such a great energy about you. 
what what do you what do you say to yourself? What what is your mind talk? You know, what is what is your self talk going on when you're playing? Man, I'm so heady. It's so crazy. Like, <laughs> I, good. I so really it's not am. just me. I, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be super transparent. Yeah, um, I've struggled with ADHD my whole life. So, you know, anything in the room, people walking by, you know, having a board next to a door where people coming in and out, uh, sounds. I am. I'm. I'm just terrible with that. If if I can get be locked and locked in. You know, the, the quicker I can get locked in in a tournament, the, the better I'll do. And some days I'll know that I won't perform well before I even start just because, you know, some days with ADHD, some days you have really good days and some days it's hard to concentrate. And uh, for me, it's I need rest. Um, uh, you know, I can't be, you know, partying out with my my pro partner, Kevin Smith Jr. The night before, if we're in Vegas National, you know, we got to we got to behave and and have a good, you know, go to bed, call it lights out a little early, you know, but um, I think for me, if I can get locked in mentally, I feel like I, d- I do quite well. And I, I felt that vibe at my conference tournament. I felt like um, if I can get that, that locked in and it looks like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, some people see me off the boards. I'm happy, go lucky. And then when I go to the boards, I'm, I look like I don't want to talk to anybody and it really has nothing to do with the other person. I really, you know, get along with really anyone, but I just don't want to talk to you when I'm playing. I, you know, I, I want to try and focus and it has nothing to do with you, or, you know, as my opponent. Um, I just try to try to get locked into the boards and, uh, you know, see what the situation is and, you know, what to throw. But uh, that's that's my strategy really to go into that is it's really about getting my, my mind ready and not and not worry about all these other uh, exterior factors. Well, speaking of exterior factors, we now have player representatives in the pro division, as you're familiar with. Do you think that's going to help? Because obviously, you're, you know, there's always issues with players having an issue with travel or having an issue with where nationals might be or the timing of certain things. And they just have a hard time getting their opinion heard and or validated do you think now that we have player representatives within the acl pro division that that's going to help matters tremendously are you talking about the pro committee yes yeah i think the pro committee is a great is a great thing um i've had i've never had a problem speaking my mind or or asking questions you know i've been told no before you know (laughs) that answer you know what i mean like but not everybody, not everybody is, is in that, you know, stage of life, whether it's age or just confidence, or if you're a rookie and you don't want to step on any toes, you know, you don't might not know who to ask what I think, I think the pro committee is going to be a great tool for players just to get information or to ask questions. You know, you, you want to be able to ask questions about the league without feel like you're questioning the league. Right. I, I I want to ask questions about why the rules say this without questioning Trey, right. Or, or Stacy, because no one wants to be in that position. And they don't handle those questions very well. Let's be honest. Well, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not speaking to that. I'm not speaking to that. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. um, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's just more like it, it creates a tool for players to get, you know, concerns addressed. And I think I looked at the names. 
and it's a great a great um a pool of people uh, as far as getting different age ranges genders uh rookies and more players that have been in the league for a while i think the uh the acl did a great job with with addressing that and and allowing players to help direct the league too i think it should take some weight off of uh, acl shoulders on some things too all right speaking of asking questions so we used to and we still kind of do it but we have this little segment that we used to start the show with called meet jeff and bernie but but because of your text messages to me yesterday maybe <laughs> maybe we need to not to put you on the spot but i think <laughs> am. maybe we need to flip this around and make this an ask jeff and bernie segment because bernie bernie so nate's nate Nate said to me, he said, yeah, I'll come on, but I get to ask the first question. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. You get your own <laughs> podcast, then you can start asking questions. I would sure. just mess with so, you guys. Yeah. So, uh, so do, you, do, you, do you need, to get, do you need to, get, to get something off your chest? Do you, do you have a question? Do you have a question for, no, for I Jeff and Bernie? Don't, <laughs> I don't have a burning question. Well, I, 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 you guys kind of led into it about what you guys are wearing for the what, – what, who will you be wearing at the <laughs> – the, the draw at Myrtle Beach. And, you know, you could go to shinesty.com and get one of those really nice, you know, Christmas type suits. I think, I think Jeff, you wear a lot of black, buddy. I think you might want to try something different, bud. Do I wear a lot of black? Wear some blacks and grays. I think you should, I think you should, I th I think you should brighten it up, man. All right. I can do that. What's it called? Shinesty? Oh, no, Shine no. Shinesty. Oh, God. <laughs> Shine Nasty is a completely different clothing line. Don't okay, randomly yeah. Google stuff like that, Jeff. Please. So I shouldn't go there. That. Shouldn't go to Shine Nasty. Okay. That would be completely on. different. Right. Look, let's move. Make a note of that. Shine Nasty, not Shine. Oh okay, God. I got it. I don't think we should do that. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's no. good. All right. So, so what do you speaking speaking of the draft and teams? Yep. Uh, what what are the players saying? I mean, are you guys excited? Like, like I don't know if you had logged on while we were talking about it, but but I was I was pretty pretty blunt about it. Like, as much as I love the team competition, um, and the and the you know the theory of it uh, last year, the names really didn't do much for me. I love that it's like th there is going to be you know a, a regional flavor to it. So what are the what are the players think? Are you all excited about this? I, I do think it's good that they have a like kind of a, a couple people on the team already so that they ha they can rely on somebody uh, rely on a couple people on directing, um, you know, f as far as selecting people, you know, because it's hard. I mean, you, th you know, think about all the conferences we have. It's 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 hard enough to know all the pros in the division from last year. Yeah. Sure. I mean. There's a lot of pros. I mean, there's pros that I never even played all last year in my rookie season, right? And I, I know their names, but I never played them. So I think, you know, unless you know them, it, I think it ultimately comes down to who you know. That's my opinion on it. I think, you know, players know which players they've seen on the list as far as the top 100 or 200, you know, whatever it is as far as previous pros. But then you have this influx of brand new players, right? You know, the players that we, you know, that we've seen on that list of that could be X factors. You know, do you do you pick somebody who's tried and true or do you take a risk on somebody new? That's the that's the ultimate question. You know, and I, I, and I think you guys were totally right on those selecting uh, talking about that is, you know, at one point, you know, 
you take, you know, you take Frank Maudlin, who is going to put bags in the hole, like nobody's business, or you, you're going to try and go with the, someone who's going to be a wow factor and, and bring, you know, you know, that could be. Yeah. It's like in baseball. You, you want singles or do you want the guy who's going to strike out a few times, but he can also get you the three run Homer. Yeah, I think, and I think there's a balance. If, you know, if I were to be ever a part of that draft of some sort, I think my take would be having a balance of that. You know, you want a a solid team, uh, maybe with a couple of players that will will give you a lot, you know, a huge upside. And I, you know, I I think, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how that's going to play out. I'm going to see, I'm curious if it's going to be first, there's going to be some teams that are going to be so loyal to their bag manufacturer. And I, I believe there's two or three teams that will only pick players that have the same bag manufacturer, given those bag manufacturers, the way that their contracts are written up and the way they like to do teams when they go to events. I, I, I could see that. But, and then on the other hand, I could see regional teams like, you know, people that are from just North Carolina, South Carolina, or just from Kentucky or mm-hmm. just from Chicago land, you know? And um, so it's going to be, I'm going to be looking forward to watching who stays on those courses at that course and who varies from it. And ultimately there's teams that do that. I think that's the exciting part of it is there's not a right or wrong way. It just, it's going to be fun to watch it play out. Yeah. I like, I like the fact that I'm sorry, Jeff, I just like yeah. the fact that now there's trades available. Yeah, and there's already that. talk of trades going on, which is that's fascinating to me. But I, I think you're right to kind of piggyback on what you're saying. Our sport can be very cliquish. And I think you were originally kind of like, you know, it's about who, you know, you're going to have a lot of people that kind of put themselves in their own friend group. Right. They're going to they're going to kind of make sure they kind of put the people they hang out with when they go on tour. That's going to be their team. Right. Because that's how they're going to try to fill it, especially there are some captaincies there that actually have kind of a natural fit where you'll see just if they can just have their their boys, if you will, around mm-hmm. them. So that'll, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I'd be curious as you know, I think there wasn't much talk about or I think there should be more talk and more weight in the singles finishing from last year. I think. I think there's a lot of players that go unrecognized because they're quieter that that should be drafted higher up. And I and some of those players, if they get drafted later in the tournament, I think those are the teams that will do better. You know what that's called? That's called value. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I, was I, was, I was waiting for that. All right, Nate. One last question for you. We only got a couple minutes left. I was hoping we'd sure. have more time for this. But again, going back just to your spirit and your energy that you just carry with you, and I, I know everyone has ups and downs, and and it, it's not always uh, you know roses and flowers and everything behind the scenes. But what what motivates you? Like what keeps you so positive? What keeps your energy up? I mean, what? I mean, have there been things that you've overcome? Like what what drives you and keeps you? Um, I mean, just just so high energy and just so positive all the time. I think I've, I've always had to be someone that has something outside of work, not having work just to, to, to define who you are. And, you know, before, before Cornhole, I used to do like Spartan races. I've done over 40 Spartan races. I was the top in my age group, top 10 in my age group. Wow. I did the ultra marathon uh, running, which is the top of Lake Tahoe twice, which is like 18 miles. I used to do the, those kind of events. 
Um, and I did that for like three years before cornhole. Before that, I used to throw darts too. I used to do go to Vegas to play darts. So there was always something I was getting into. I tried golf, but I was straight terrible at that. Um, <laughs> now I just do top golf so I can drink some beers, you know, and uh, hit some off of the try to get the third deck one so it looks like it goes farther. But um, <laughs> I think just finding something that you're passionate about and 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 enjoy and just go after it. I think that's I think that's what life's about. You know, a lot of it is about is finding joy in something and and then of course sharing it with others. So I think that's that's kind of like my mantra. <laughs> well, I'll say that's a great way to end it because that's exactly what you do. And uh, thank you so much again for for taking the time right in the middle of your of your day to to <laughs> join to us on, on the podcast. But uh, hey, it's been great to get to know you, brother. Can't wait to see you again this season. We'll see you again soon. It's really fun hanging out with you guys. Thank you for thinking about me and having me on. I appreciate it. Awesome. Hi, Nate. Take care. Talk to you soon. Take care, guys. What a great guy, man. Just yeah, think man. about We've only got 15 seconds left. My mom was a school teacher for 25 plus years. Mm. The lives that they changed, Bernie, as you and I well know. I mean, how about can you imagine having a guy like that as your teacher? They will It'd never be forget so him. So cool. That would be so cool, actually. Yeah. They'll never forget him. I mean, they'll go nope. their whole lives and say, hey, do you remember? Mr. Voyer back in eighth grade or back in sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Great stuff. All right. Good show, brother. Uh, I will, uh, gosh, we'll see you in Myrtle beach soon. And, and, uh, crazy two weeks, right? I know. I know. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Have a good week. I'll talk to you later. All right, brother. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. Bye.